Hey, welcome to Superstructure. We're continuing the Natty one-on-one series today, and I'm here with uh, Molto Populare. What are we going to talk about today? Who are we? What are we doing? Hi, I'm Charlotte from Twitter. Um, we're going to be talking about the... Is that crazy... your name on Twitter? At Charlotte? My, my name on Twitter is Molto Populare. Yeah. So at Charlotte. Okay, perfect. <laughs> Why do you think I'm coming on this show and not to get Twitter followers, Natalie? Jesus Christ. <laughs> yeah, you gotta, you gotta keep scheming. So maybe you can add another 100 followers, really move up. Another 100 haters. 100. Well, it doesn't matter. There, there's, a, there's, a mix, there's a mix of possibilities. We're not a university uh, prom- promoting podcast. Um. Yeah, and there's not like a dichotomy between followers and haters either. It's a anyway. We're no, gonna be definitely not. We're gonna be talking about the crazy world of Liz Brunig. Yeah, Inside Liz Brunig. Her. She's uh she's the third presence in this podcast today. She's the Mother Mary who is presiding spectrally over this um, dialogue that we will be having. Um. Yeah, and she's joined us for in spirit. <laughs> So yeah, oh, I mean, I think she always is joining me in spirit. <laughs> Just kidding, that sounds creepy as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> creepy as fuck. That's no, what she wants, Natty. <laughs> that's her no, she does. Well, that's, yeah, she's kind of got this interesting play where there's this, I think the reason we're interested in her is she plays with these sort of femme categories, right, of um, this sort of left of center like populism that's like I don't know Margaret Thatcher for socialisms or something but that <laughs> plays with some of these femme politics of like oh I'm just like a, a good girl but then also like these sort of um, darker notes that are sort of entangled in her politics right yeah she has an edgy joke side as well um but all of it's very hard to grasp really. yeah I think and I think it is, and that's sort of part of the faint, right? She's always pretending yeah. she hasn't fainted at something, and it's like, if you, like, think you saw something kind of weird, like, you definitely are a creep and did not, Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know? Um, and basically, we want to kind of, like, tease out where there's some deeply violent assumptions, right? And that this has consequences in terms of her being this prolific writer, right? I mean, she's been, since her 20s, writing for everywhere in the like New York Times, Washington Post, New Republic, The Atlantic, I don't know, Christian Monthly. No, I made that one up, but um, <laughs> she did. Well, the American conservative, yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm sure she's right, written and something and along the lines of the Christian Monthly. She's written a lot. Like that's been one of the big, big um, revelations of the research behind this episode is that she has written so much on almost every on not everything but a lot on a lot on sex which is going to be kind of the main she, focus of today yeah we, we're gonna avoid for today like going fully into the trad mommy thing and like that's like implied but that's like a whole other realm when she's like am I for abortion or not like let's yeah. go on a side tangent about the pope instead you know? <laughs> yeah we could do a whole episode yeah. on like family abolitionism versus Liz Brugge or something. And also totally, I think people, totally. people are going to ask like, why are you just targeting Liz Brunig? Why aren't you targeting her equally famous and powerful husband, Matt Brunig? 
And what do you think about that, right. Natalie? Yeah, I mean, I think that she kind of plays uh, not a, a univocally femoral, but that their their sort of two-headed monster political style that she has like certain things she does. Like he's like not as into like, like he's the numbers guy, right? Like, oh, yeah. he's an atheist. He's a debate champion. Like he doesn't, you know, he's uh, doesn't want to talk to people where she's like the, in her book somewhere doing her like religious thing and her like high femme priestess uh, yeah. phenomenon that is sort of this social face, which is like this very, there's a certain patriarchal thing to like, I, I'm the social lady who does the church side of our life, right? And you go home and like do the numbers. But you know, this is a left MMT podcast, right? Where we try to look at like heterodox leftist political economy, right? And there's an element of which like that her feints are like around that, but she kind of like plays it out in a different analogical sphere where the same logics of some of the austere um, assumptions of Matt yeah. You could do another episode about, right, like male politics, right? Like when he defends like the Washington indigenous mascot for the, the football team, like there's different and she plays into that too, right? Like she plays for oh, yeah. like Matt is yeah. 6'2 and I'm 4'11. Yeah. And <laughs> also as, as she says, like there would be, as, as Liz herself says, there would be no point in us doing an episode on the mind of Matt because it is just in itself springs from nothing and has its own oh, yeah, is, logic with no no connection to the like social morals or um norms so why would we no, it's just zeus's forehead we? and then yeah yeah whatever oh, okay. the the dictatorship of the proletariat from their um, living room forehead, like, yeah. yeah yeah i think it was and like also the, i don't zeus's, understand yeah. numbers so i can't talk about that well, we're the art fuck. We're women, so this is why we can do this podcast. Because, like, deep down, we are sexist, and so we can only, as women, yeah. as cis women, talk about the other cis white women. You know, well, you're <laughs> Italian, but um, Catholic. <laughs> like, <laughs> that's. I was raised like Protestant, you know. So I'm, and and you're like the Catholic arm. So we like together yeah. make Liz part of the triangle um, of. Catholicism and Protestant lady ethics yeah. no <laughs> but we also don't believe in this right like we are precisely critiquing her yeah. her gender politics and and, yeah. and I think it's also that she's a symbol of something it's not about her precisely I'm sure there's there's some decent things she does but she is she very much wants to play a certain role and and take makes use of of common gender scheme in ways that are not uh including everyone politically and that are are insidious you know absolutely i i think i what, i <laughs> go ahead. no i always like i always like compare her to mrs lovejoy in the simpsons like i know this is not very highbrow at all but in terms of like a kind of broader thing she represents like she is kind of like she uses her like white christian femininity for power and that like think of the children brand of politics right. think of which, the children satanic yeah. panic which yeah just always starts at, at think of the children right yeah yeah she's and, and yeah she's she's mrs lovejoy someone was like you're just saying that because she's a christian but it's 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 not it's the way that she weaponizes it to exclude and she does people, these right? smirks she does these smirks where she pretends she's not excluding she pretends she's not 
policed in the community in a certain way. And, and she, I mean, yeah. and she also but does believe- But a pedophile on Twitter and delete it very quickly. Like it's- uh... Oh yeah, because she does, I mean, she will write about like one of the good things about Pope Francis is like that he sees some of our archive, um, <laughs> is that he like does a populism of, of like, like of popular, like of the people that's like class-based, that's like against Satan. Like she's like, actually his like anti-Satanism is like a good thing. Like she is, she is traditional in that level. Yeah. Like she does care about things like that, which is, I mean, I think risky yeah. <laughs> to have in your politics <laughs> to say the least. I did a read that that got me blocked more recently. We're both just out for revenge because we're blocked by our true idol Elizabeth um and I got, so I, I you were yeah so long ago <laughs> both of them involved animals though right because I read I read her recently her article in the in the Atlantic about how she feels really guilty about how like she's the the bird murderer and it's like she wants to be the bird murderer and she clearly isn't the bird murderer but somhow it's about her anyway I recommend you all <laughs> just Natty reading out Liz's article word for word but it's, yeah, it's this amazing. Was, uh, thank you. It's yeah, she's, she's got a, and she's got a thing about because you got black. Wasn't that when she like you you made some joke about her 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 dog? Her I said I said her dog was like I all I said was of course the Brunigs have I didn't even say say anything. I said of course the Brunigs have a golden retriever. It was a joke, and like even you res- responded being like, "lol," <laughs> like this. Is- I know. Well, the thing is, it's funny is that like Elizabeth, like this is a dumb joke, and Elizabeth like has never since then posted her golden retrievers yeah. on the Instagram, which kind of yeah. makes me sad. Like yeah. instead, she just posts like, "Oh, there's golden streams of lemonade sunlight like falling on my family's faces." You know, like she had to put that energy somewhere, somewhere else. that's a real real quote by the way (laughs) yeah well there's something very catholic right and she very like consciously avows like this catholic element of her social social democratic like she's very much into being like the catholic mother so for bernie who's writing in the new york times who's writing in the atlantic and who like feels like she's killing animals and Francis yeah. would never kill animals. How could I do that? I'm a good girl, you know, and but wanting it like in, I don't know, since you went to Catholic school, what do you have to say about this? <laughs> Catholic school was very much more sexual in a way, like it's talked about more, there were more scandals, there were more like, because then I, I moved to like a state school afterwards like a co-ed state school but like I remember at like there was a there was a um, bisexual public school pardon bisexual bisexual public public school the (laughs) S&M public school right 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 right. that's that's the state we love the state we hate the state yeah (laughs) no it was it was interesting it was like um there was like a cat there was like a like just all the stories were about like transgression I suppose like there was like a lawn called the sacred lawn that you couldn't sit on because that was like the nuns when like hit you with brooms if you did it or like all of the stories about how like you weren't allowed to wear colored underwear because Jesus like people would see it reflected in the in the shine of your shoes 
So people would like intentionally <laughs> wear brightly colored underwear and stuff. Like we had incredibly strict rules around that. But then also there What's was What's the danger like, of colored underwear? That, like, the, I don't know why it's more likely for this to happen with colored underwear, but it was that they would reflect on your shoes. Like, you well, like they would be aware yourself, you were wearing them. And they'd be aware all. that you were wearing them at all. And someone right that you have organs and yeah Yeah. you're a body yeah okay but also like we went to the school that I went to like it was known for being a trashy a trashy Catholic school like we were it was called Santa Maria like we were known as the Santa Slots locally like that was (laughs) like we had like there were the Samaritan boys and they were like our brother's school and they'd like drive past and be like Santa Slots and everyone would be like oh Jesus it started early on the dialectic I repressed like a lot of memories from period like I remember sex education there we had like a liberal a liberal teacher and she was like technically she was like you know I'm supposed to tell you not to have sex but you know then she was like sex is fun and that that's basically that was like my health all I remember she would like look into the hall and she'd be like okay you all know my ex-husband he's the history teacher but anyway like so just forget that but like you need to like always remember when you have sex like if you're too dry, it's not good. (laughs) (laughs) We're like, what the fuck? We never got that information, you know. (laughs) Just talking shit about her ex-husband who also (laughs) works Like, sorry, this is sex ed. This is educational. (laughs) It's in its way. But it's like in this talking shit register where you're like, I mean, in fairness, that probably is not how you should have framed it. But yeah, there was, I don't know, lots of like ritual and stuff, I guess. Oh yeah. And Elizabeth plays into that ritual. Yeah. This like kind of she likes this like this shame, this sort of traditional shaming of of, of other women, right? Like she enjoys Yeah. This. Yeah. We had like a I don't remember if it was like actually on Good Friday because we had I guess we obviously had Good Friday off school, but it was like in the the week before Easter, whatever that that festival is called holy week <laughs> and like palm, we, palm sunday yeah but it wasn't sunday it was like the wednesday ash wednesday ash wednesday is it ash i should see i don't even know this shit but like it doesn't that was matter the day, like we'd have to do so like they would have burnt the palms on a sunday and we had to like go into the hall like into the chapel and like some girl in a school dress would have to like drag this huge wooden cross <laughs> through the hall to this like really loud scary music like Jesus like what kind of music like some sad music like some sad orchestral music (laughs) like it was like the passion (laughs) of the Christ like (laughs) but you weren't but you weren't allowed to participate right because you're a sinner or yeah I wasn't allowed to participate (laughs) I've never been um baptized I was only baptized by I was baptized by my mama in her kitchen sink because she has like a direct line to God, but yeah, that sounds really Protestant. That doesn't sound <laughs> yeah, <much>. yeah. She, <laughs> but I like her family. I think her dad was a secret Protestant in the south of Italy. Like her mom was a devout Catholic, oh. and her dad was a 
he went to secret Protestant meetings and like was a mock. And what time period is this? Anyway, and then so you what time? What wait? What time period in Italy? In the forties and fifties. Yeah, yeah. Like during the during the during Mussolini, I guess. Like as well. This is the time that like the natty like since this is the Liz Brunig episode, you guys are getting the full bore politics of our weed ADHD uh, <laughs> politics superstructure line. So, so while Max will be the, the the third spectral presence, like an angel, uh, editing this episode we would like to say that this is our own structural formation today. This is the arrival of the feminist movement, the structure. <laughs> this is the podcast where we get to be like, so wait, 50s Italy Protestants. Uh, that, that is actually interesting, like post-war, low-key low Well, I don't, know, I, don't, I don't actually know much about it. This is like, you know, family, family law, but mm. I, haven't, I haven't- We make up a lot of shit. Yeah, <laughs> I haven't read into secret Protestant societies in the south of Italy during the war period, the interwar period yet. A but podcast that's, that's I, would, I would listen to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, so we're going to, well, so we want to, since, since Liz, I did like spend some time the other day. I like read like some, like months and months of tweets of, of Liz's that are like archived from last year. But because she like has, her and Matt have some robot who like uh, deletes all their tweets like every 24 hours or something. Is like that? What do they just not have tweets more than 24 hours old? Not really. Yeah, they pretty much just like wow. automatically all detonate. Yeah, but there are archives, like you can find it all yeah. if you want to. So I've I've like uh as she's told to she likes to comment a lot on how like Twitter's an open air insane asylum in like a really cute way, because that's an adorable thing to, to make jokes about. Um yeah, because that's how she treats it basically. <laughs> that's like that's the interesting thing about you know how like Liz is quite hard to pin. Like I was saying before, it's like that her Twitter is far more revealing than her articles. Like in her articles, she'll skim around, like she'll imply things and they'll be like, you know, but like she'll, in, on Twitter, she'll just like, she'll tweet whatever she wants because she can delete it afterwards and then call everyone else insane people. <laughs> like it's, it's pretty oh, totally. actually. Oh yeah. Well, she's like, if anyone comes after her for anything she said, like, in the past few weeks she's like oh that's ridiculous like I didn't you know this this was a joke she does that move like the I was making a joke like you guys misread it like you guys are dirty sluts like you know like Matt with the word just joke yeah the what is it that like the China virus meme oh yeah yeah what a weird fucking joke like who makes a joke I don't even yeah I mean, I make some some off color jokes for sure, but um, there's definitely like a a plain innocent make off color jokes, but like just posting me- like racist memes from 4chan is like slightly different. <laughs> well, but that's the thing too is she like and she makes feints to like uh, things she and she won't own the 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 off colorness of it. She'll pretend there's no off colorness that you, you are off color for thinking well, there's anything. Yeah, that's the thing. Like it's. Like she calls people degenerates on Twitter, and then. Can anyway. you imagine being in that mind frame where <laughs> you're like in your late twenties calling people degenerates? I know. It's but it's just like fortune <laughs> shit. It's like they both. I don't know. Someone needs to 
put some restrictions on That's, it. As we'll get into later, we're going to get into some of our articles, some some older. So for anyone who like wants us to, uh, to oh wait, but we wanted to do some of her Twitter greatest hits first, right? Because the, there was, which ones do we, we want to skip the latest, the, the Noah Berlatsky one, I don't know enough about that. Um, <laughs> there was the one, well, there was the, the, we're kind of focusing right on like the sex element today to like, because yeah. she's written so goddamn much that we need to like stay topical. Um, and, and Charlotte suggested this one be called, uh, from my reading of her article, Comforted and Chastened, because she was talking <laughs> to a doctor about COVID. And she's like, I think she was asking about kids, like if kids can get it or something. And he was like, no, they're kicking its ass. And she's like, I was comforted and chastened. It's like, <laughs> it's like, don't retell your doctor's appointments and say you were comforted and chastened. Like, <laughs> I don't even want to go that deep into Foucault. Like, don't make me. <laughs> It's not fair. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but that whole article was unfair to be, to be honest. Like, right? And and her and she tweets like this, right? Like, cause because you know, like Sophie Lewis, like there was that whole incident where like, you know, on acid or whatever was tweeting about this octopus documentary and I don't know, talking about sensuality and like the most like normal shit, right? Yeah. And she just like went nuts on it. And it's the same thing that ties into her more recent shit where she's like uh kind of scaremongering about kink at pride right like oh are you yeah. gonna bring babies around I mean it's like very traditionalist stuff and she's like and, and her defense is always to just like double down on the premise and she's like no so you're creeps by saying that uh you know that you can find this uh hidden meaning to this you're a creep and you're dirty like how dare you impose this dirtiness on this innocent situation like you're the one like she just dug yeah. us down on the like the premise of shame right yeah well kind of avoiding seeing what she thinks is like normal good sex apart from go south go south yonder. yeah yeah go south yon <laughs> maiden <laughs> yeah yeah that was there was some girl who's like uh saying you know like complaining basically like you know, polyamory is the reason why uh, my dating life on websites is bad. And it's all like this asshole in the Afghanistan video. It's just like, and she's, what the fuck is Liz talking about? Like in Texas where people fuck in a normal way? Like she's, <laughs> she's just like, are you no, kidding me? sex. Gotta love it. Honestly. <laughs> and, what, and, and the question is like, what, what is the politics of that, right? It's like, oh yeah, in, in, in Dallas, Pride. there's no there's no kink of course not like come on that's fashion that, that's conservative like uh, yeah there you want to get into the history of dallas politics i mean come on mm -hmm. yeah. you know i mean it's just like give me a break and it's very it, it it's like very low-key um and she doesn't go fully trad right because she will say well i like want there to be taxes and and you know i agree that like in the catholic church like we should prosecute bad priests like and so she can play with this element of like not going supposedly fully trad yeah. and then like deleting everything and, and there's she's very good at moving and like recasting uh blame and actually recently she was defending I think the first article we want to start with um where she you got into it with who was this you got into it on Twitter like someone with so stem and bio David Sligger this guy's market market socialist in bio <laughs> right yeah getting to the the and yeah, he's from Australia. yeah he's from oh, Sydney or something 
But um, <laughs> what does that mean when you say like Sydney in that tone? What is that? <laughs> I just it just means I don't know those people. <laughs> Right. Neither neither like, do I. I think, I think he's at University of Sydney, and that's just not a. I don't know. Like the it's the main it's the main city, I guess. Whatever. It's funny because I I have like way more like like just from like my friendship with Charlotte, I have like way more Australian followers than I should proportionally. I um, had to explain to Natty what me and Max explained to Natty what Queensland was. Yes. Right. That's white white racists from the north of Australia. Yeah, it's kind of like it, he said. It's like the south, right? Oh like yeah, it's like you reverse the hemispheres. Kind of. But what's the climate like? What's the? Oh, it's like tropical. Well, it's quite big, so it's like part warm, part tropical. I guess. Like this. Yeah, I don't know. I've not even really been there. Charlotte is the plant expert. Charlotte <laughs> is, is the plant. Is the plant? She's the gardening gardening expert of our of our trad uh, superstructure femme uh coalition yeah um, it's not i do books she does plants <laughs> <laughs> excuse you i know a lot about plants okay i i am an expert in flower maintenance um, <laughs> um <laughs> and she does oh this i want to read this tweet actually before we because we you were actually no but first of all because this this, okay, because Liz will still come out and say this was like one of her two 2015 articles for the American conservative right where there's this like basically she suppose she claims let's see uh, let me find where I put yeah she she reviews quote unquote reviews uh, a book by a, a a chaste or a celibate lesbian Catholic and she's like I'm not I I'm not like supporting it she's like it's a review of a book this is recently by a lesbian Catholic who chose to be celibate because she wants to practice an orthodox form of Catholicism. I wrote that her take was consistent with the most orthodox read on Catholic sexual ethics, defending her from trads, calling her a heretic. So she's like, no, I was like, I was totally impartial. Um, I was just here to like do a view from nowhere review and defend her actually from the trads. I'm just saying like this take on celibate lesbianism is one possible take. And then we'll, we're going to get into the article a bit because like that's fucking bullshit. And but she's still defending it this way on this article that's from 2015 because like you know you're kicking up dust about it and people are like are you kidding like it's a review she doesn't she doesn't imply that this is like the only way to be a le like a catholic lesbian it's like to have friendship ceremonies as we will see <laughs> um what was your what 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 was your fight with this dude oh yeah so well there were two elements to the fight there was one element in which i was actually wrong because i had quoted an article written by somebody else who kind of How misread dare you? she like misread <laughs> yeah <laughs> which i admitted to immediately and like but then there was like the yeah. um there was a um the issue was so like he was arguing the same thing that Liz was arguing that was like, you know, she is impartially um, just putting, situating herself in the moral universe of this person in order to get, and then it was, it's just like every time, especially men defend Liz Brunig, it's like they use the words nice and sweet and like kind and stuff and he's just like she was just doing it in the nice sympathetic way that she does to everybody that she interviews that is her style like she's just a lovely she's a lovely girl <laughs> and like it's, and it's, such, it's, it's such bullshit like you just see how she engages with 
anyone on the left that she doesn't like or like but you know to read that there's an editorial line this article has an editorial line like she's deciding like she's not platforming someone like me like I'm not catholic or christian but like my lesbianism it'll be a cold day in hell before my lesbianism is the one that Elizabeth (laughs) Burnick interviews yeah yeah exactly also context wise this was for the american conservative like she's and so his argument was oh she's writing for a right-wing audience to um defend more liberal views against trads who just say that they should be converted they like lesbians should undergo conversion therapy or like right this is a middle ground say it's the middle ground and in in a way it is a middle ground, but it is ground. It's like the, the, it's the ground that she's chosen to stand on. And you have to like, you have to read the article. Like I ended up just having to like, I don't know, do like close reading analysis really. But like just the language she uses is like, she acknowledges the moral dangers. She recognizes the hazards involved with this. And really like there are more liberal Christian views than Liz. Like, like she is of not, course. she is not the most liberal, like, and and yeah, the implication seems to be that Liz was trying to push the um, trying to push the discourse of you know gay Catholicism left, which totally <laughs> it's this very like small. It's like this this you know I kind of in, in another way talked about this with Ian about Ben Burgess right this like where you start in such a right point of view because like that's where the supposed common person that you have to convert is, and so you're meeting people where they're at. Like we're gonna meet. We're gonna meet at the, the just to the left of the far right of Catholic sexual ethics, you know. Like yeah. this girl, this girl still says she's a lesbian. She's just like decided to be celibate, but she still says that like this girl does not buy into. She doesn't like it when people say they used to be gay because of abuse. No, she says that her queer punk lesbian high school scene uh, taught her to be loving and be a good person. Like this is the non-exclusionary. Yeah, view. it's like it's it's aligning so much about like the context of where they actually are positioning themselves in terms yeah. of who they're convincing and it's like who the fuck reads the american conservative i don't who are these people yeah, that are reading this and is like <laughs> except us it's not a reassuring now. it's not a reassuring article i mean it's a funny no. article like so natty what does the actual article say well, basically, she goes through this this woman, Eve Tushnet's book, um, which she calls um, Unexpectedly Revolutionary. <laughs> and basically, <laughs> um, but in a totally objective way, obviously, yeah. the, um, the American conservative. Uh, but basically, it says that, well, it, 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 it on one level is like going through these sort of detailed things about different sexual positions, like, oh, should you treat you know, were the early Christians uh, talking about same sex and romance and are the genders ontologically different, yada, yada. But the thrust, the real thrust of the article is basically that Kushnet uh, wrote a memoir and she's a, a celibate lesbian Catholic. And and the way Brunick frames and, and her ideas like to have um, avowed friendship ceremonies mm-hmm. <laughs> which come because now they've kind of gotten past like as you mentioned before like the the conversion prayed the gay away right so it's like yeah. you know there's some christians who say we shouldn't talk about any sexualities at all we should be more liberal or there's others who say we should like repress everything and this is more in the no i'm a lesbian i had a positive lesbian experience but now i'm catholic and 
and it goes into like a lot of detail about, um, you know, there's this historian, Alan Bray in 2003, writes about uh, history of friendship and the Christian tradition. There's also another celibate, uh, I really enjoyed this title, another celibate queer Christian uh, who I wrote the book, Washed and Waiting. Yeah. <laughs> It's really. <laughs> <Say> what? <laughs> <laughs> they really write the jokes themselves. It's like, wait, wait a second. Yeah, it's about queer, queer celibacy in the Catholic Church is called washed and waiting. What? Giant like, what joke. <laughs> what is happening? What's happening? <laughs> What is going on? <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> right, and and literally, and then they go also into detail about like, you know, she's like, well, one of the risks, and 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 the, the amount to which Liz like buys into the premise is really interesting because she'll like very, it's oh, like this imminent critique like, like goes yeah. way beyond like, like what I would imagine is like most people's level these days for like you know as a queer person is. Like it's true. One of the risks of like having friendship ceremonies is that like you will still have sexual feelings for each other, and yeah. and, and and like if you even just live together as you know female BFF, for example, who have had a friendship ceremony, like people may think though that there is something sexual, even if there isn't, right? And that's just immoral, right? And this like she calls that a scandal, and it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. Like this yeah. just sounds like. Those are her words, like, scandal, do you know what I mean? And, like, yeah, it's it's pretty fucking obvious to be honest, like, (laughs) when you read it, like, what what her position is, it's, it always, it always is, like, um, and and they say, he says, it's true there's a real risk of it becoming a sexual relationship, but avoiding intimate same-sex friendship is even worse, so this is, like, their middle position, it's, like, you know, you may be a lesbian who has to marry a man um, just because, but it's better instead of repressing your lesbianism, which is more, it's less of a risk if you have a friendship ceremony with your female best friend, because then at least you're getting like the emotional intimacy outside your husband. And there's actually less of a risk that you guys will like start having an affair or something, basically. <laughs> it's just so weird. It's just like, what is fucking weird. happening? It's weird. <laughs> And then yeah. he says, he says Prob- probably Tushnet submits, advising empathy and noting, all right, well, will the friendship get in the way of your opposite sex marriage? So it's probably advising empathy and noting that medieval ballads concerning committed friends often reported mm-hmm. conflict in that vein, many of which did not turn out in the favor of the wife and children. I'm really surprised by that. <laughs> medieval medieval gender politics on fucking your female best friend were not um, <laughs> always in the favor of women. Um, <laughs> I'm really surprised. Um, it's just, it's weird. And, it go, and then it, yeah. it kind of, and let's see, where does it get to towards the end? Then they're talking about... Um, you know, this book, and because she's called this at different times a how-to guide, like an Augustinian, and then they're talking about there's an FAQ, there's resources, it's a mix of textual genres. Yeah. I mean, to me, you know, she says at the end, oh, I, I really, we both, I mean, how could you not enjoy this? She says, um, Tushnet writes glowingly and beauty and beautifully of sublimation, the process by one, by which one converts a certain impulse into another. 
it's just like total good girl time yeah that is literally like it's so funny that she describes that as revolutionary when that's literally a nun like that's what nuns do (laughs) which also historically has been the place for lesbians within the catholic church so like what's 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 revolutionary about this like it's the same oh, yeah. shit. Like, my, my 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 latin my latin lady loves a good nun movie and i'm just like oh, i didn't grow up fucking i didn't grow up fucking in catholic chapels I don't know. Pro- protestant lesbians have a whole a whole other uh set of sacred texts um <laughs> I can learn. I'm I'm adaptable. <laughs> I need to know what are the Protestant lesbian texts. We'll oh, do a man. whole other like, episode that's... on this one day. Like, yeah, but I think I think something with like teen soap operas. You know, that's like Pretty Little Liars. You know. Like, oh yeah, like, yeah, 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 yeah. It's about thirty-five year olds, but we pretend they're sixteen. You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But like. <laughs> Oh God, yeah, that's so Canadian. Yeah, but well, that's yes. can- yeah, that's, that's too Canadian. Yeah, that's like I'm such a shitty American where I'm like Canada doesn't count. That's, <laughs> that's like our, the most the most racist side of white Americans. Like <laughs> we don't like other white Canadians. It's like the yeah, smallest that's, victory possible. <laughs> that's like us with Kiwis. I think I feel like there's uh, a similar a similar vibe going on. Like they're more liberal. They're also white. It's yeah. It's like you can just play like yeah you can just be like I'm bored of you I don't care yeah <laughs> Chloe Chloe's it's like Chloe Sevigny she's like I don't I don't like I don't like Toronto films it's like why <laughs> New York is better I'm from Connecticut you know but you know it's like that yeah <laughs> um so this is let's see how does this end up she talks about yeah the we know that the friend zone you know still there's still uh things there's still desire and and that many more liberally sexual christians may find tushnet's idea pipe dreamily sterile and repressive that's correct um Um, this is like 2015 (laughs) checks like it's like 1955 like it's not yeah there's plenty I feel like even in like pretty right-wing evangelical churches there were probably like out lesbians by this time like to act like it's like the left of Christianity in 2015 to be like have friendship ceremonies is just like fucking horseshit yeah well she mentions that that she she alludes to there being a more liberal position but just won't discuss it at all like no, because those aren't the people you have to convince in the working class. Those aren't the Trumpies that we just, in the red states, that were forklift operators who yeah. we just barely missed. And I love how she... And I love how she ends it. Tushnet may find herself carving out a complex middle between two hostile camps, the liberals and the trads, right? This is, I guess, Liz is here in the middle. But she's cognizant and clearly up to the task. I, I realize I'm a poster child for a poster nobody wants on their wall. <laughs> only but if it's the only poster and she ends it but if it's the only post if it's the only poster illustrating a workable solution then it's the one we are all obligated to tack up she's totally endorsing her her middle position of like celibate lesbianism yeah if it's the only workable solution like what the fuck are you talking about that it's the only workable solution like why she's never once stated why that would be the most workable premise. Yeah, it's literally that or conversion therapy. Like, 
Yeah, it's not like, oh, are you, if you really must be a Christian, you can still, like, decide to have a different sexual politics if you're going to, because you can, and, like, yeah. it's just weird. It's just yeah. seeding so much, right? It, it, it's also, like, it's, it really, in that article, it's the same thing that we've talked about with, like, we'll get to later with her articles on pornography and stuff where it's just, like, this obsessive trying to, like, like rule creating and like classification like what if this happens what if these two people are in a room together what if those two people are in a room together what happens to the children in this situation like She's will you go to hell yeah will you go to hell if this or will I go to hell if that like it's really yeah how long will you be in purgatory that's my, probably her favorite like yeah uh, the dangling over hell in purgatory and you might get to heaven and she's yeah. just like oh my god yeah um that's not fair we're we're feminists um <laughs> well and she also says at the end of this she says uh you know the people who find the tushnet to be this like repressive pipe dream they might just especially since it offers no account of how sexual desire is to be properly sublimated properly to be properly <laughs> sublimated solved or suspended it's just this irresolvable problem right it's just like so oh i like want to fuck another girl in my catholic school it's like, who cares like half of girls in history at catholic school wanted to fuck another girl are you kidding me like oh my god fine. So <laughs> should be the title of this episode which what is it sublimated properly suspended love it that could be another good one because that's so catholic school yeah i don't know how to be properly sublimated it's like those are our only options yeah yeah or you could just like have sex i don't know or whatever just like whatever shit like just relax she says this in another article where we're going to kind of get into the extremely difficult areas of like sexual assault and where she where she plays in that but you know there's one article she had I think in WAPO Washington Post um you know and she's she kind of like does the thing where she puts responsibility on individual ethics right like and she says you know we will never really be able to stop sexual assault because actually we've like now persuaded everybody that it's wrong anyway and she gives this quote um society has never had a good answer for what to do with people whose pleasure depends on the pain of others and I feel like well a yes it has and b duh but but I don't <laughs> I don't know like because there's two different things going on too right like there's different it's like authentic like, because there's cruelty right like in cruelty yeah never a part of authentic pleasure right mm-hmm. like like actual cruelty it, but she doesn't like her relationship to pleasure and pain not just on a personal level but on like a political line level is like um distorted in a way that kind of doesn't allow for facing the authenticity of pain and pleasure like they're both always in this weird position right where they can only be sublimated solved or suspended and and that all that's possible is is cruelty or death or atonement right and there's no ability to like be an adult and deal with living in quote-unquote society right or to work collectively there's just uh, this this history and, of this very trad view right like yeah, and we've like never I mean people are born with their pleasure depending on someone else's pain and can't be need to be sublimated right or suspended right. It's, or solved like it's what <laughs> the solve the solve aspect is 
loose, but yeah, what I, it, well, there's it's a very lot of pessimistic. It's what she thinks yeah, about herself. Human nature and like, it's very Catholic again, like original sin shit. Oh um, yeah. It's her, a sense of herself. Right. And so she's, she's, yeah. I, 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 I'm fundamentally a bird killer. Right. Yeah. And so I want to be a bird killer because I hate myself for being a bird killer you know, yeah. and I fundamentally have to tax and taxes are good because we have to hurt people for the collective good. I mean, that's Christianity, literally, <laughs> like yeah. very, very literally is like yeah. this masochistic, you know, my father strikes me down and I bleed and, and that saves all of us and this this baptism of, of blood, right? I mean, yeah. it's, it's gory and, and it is like this, right? That, you know, and they're there's always Romans, right? There's always Romans who want to hurt you. And and I'm one of the Romans, right? I'm a goy or whatever, you know what yeah. I mean? Like there's, there's just a lot, um, yeah, original sin, right? Um, but, but yeah, the thing about Elizabeth is she doesn't, I mean, I'm sure there's, there's other roads. Like, I don't think, and I think it's true that she's not really the left or the trad of Catholicism. She is this kind of weird, social centrist, Catholicism that is like I admit that like we have these darknesses or sometimes there's like priests who are rapists or sometimes there's a Pinochet right or sometimes I want to fuck women and I don't yeah. you know but <laughs> like I bet there's more leftist Catholics too but but it's interesting the way her rhetoric does like come back to like very um blaming women I mean there's um in this she wrote this article about Aziz thing, and it's interesting where she kind of locates the the problem among many things because she says basically uh that the sexual revolution made sex less serious right that it wasn't as sacred and she she basically tries to make this move where basically liberal feminists uh trying to embrace like this obligatory pro-sensuality optimism yeah. devalued sex. I mean, it's just literally slut-shaming. Um, and that's devalued. why sexual assault occurs. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's no, insane. I mean, literally. Yeah. <laughs> because it's like, the, the assumption there is that sexual assault and, like, violent control of women didn't occur before the sexual revolution. Like, it's, it's really... Right. So, she uses like where's that quote where she's like as so and so points out like back in the day if women were sex was so serious that women were told if somebody touches you slap them and run away and then she right that's like she uses that quote to imply what that sexual assault didn't happen or that all women like exactly were assertive like I there's I really do think that like obviously young people should be raised to be assertive about their like physical boundaries and emotional boundaries and like consent and stuff and that is important but she shifts all of the blame onto that well and also that I mean she makes a lot of assumptions like she assumes that that women were more assertive and are less assertive now I mean it's just like all of this is imagined like no I mean it's probably like some mix of all those things right because it doesn't fall on individual women because just the same way individual acts occur right but like in individual acts of abuse but like these are issues of frameworks and these are issues of systems of accountability right and like this idea that we can just locate it in this really real place the same way people like crave this 
this going to the Middle East and like being the hero or the knocking on the door, this like imminent encounter with the real and it's this sense of like justice on the street, like of a true women know that they know how to fight back because they know what yeah. sex is really worth. Yeah. And that whatever is going on, it's something about that. Like it's about in, it's about individual people's mentalities. It's this like kind of almost kung fu imaginary of of what are broad dynamics, right? It's like if I make the right move, I will get justice. This very vigilante as well uh, sense that I think uh, people sort of tell themselves is an abolitionist vigilantism and it's not that it's a carceral yeah, what vigilantism is she, what is she arguing that like pre-sexual revolution like yeah women women had to fight back because you know themselves because because what because like marital rape wasn't a real thing like why is she just ignoring what? the like broad like because gate like she talks games of it's insane like but then well, again she she's gets not into that not because she's abolitionist and she's like you know oh it should be like bottom up and like it's because like she's fucking conservative <laughs> like well she well this should get us into her boston review article from which is another very hot button one but she she uh, this is uh from 2015 as well and she talks about let me find my place she talks about uh how she kind of likes this idea of this like depressing marital sex like she's she's posing this idea that like liberal feminists are are imposing on you that you have to be slutty you are obligated to be sex sex positive and like optimistic and be a slut um and that yeah i, I love the, the um, main concern she has this article about um affirmative consent laws and their dangers and her main concern yeah. is that men women are going to get their husbands thrown in jail for having disinterested sex with them like do you know what i mean like that's well, but that i don't even know it would <laughs> that seems to be the main well, but, but she's not an abolitionist even about that I don't know where she I mean she does it's weird because yeah cause, well it's interesting because it's like she kind of because she says married and long-term couples often know a great deal about sleepy sex duty inspired sex <laughs> even fully consensual sex that has left a tad icy out of spite oh just, what the fuck okay. does that mean like yeah I what is that what oh, you're yeah. defending here against like I, it's just Yes. Well, and then it says all of which could be categorized as rape under the purview of affirmative consent. And look, we're again as abolitionists, like we don't think that like bad due process right of 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 uh, lines crossed in ways that people have infringed. That we do believe in like having good accountability and good processes yeah. that are fair to all parties, right? But her way is she's like. It seems like she's concerned about her thing, which is like having bad sex. She's yeah, like, I don't want to be into it. I want to be icy. I want to be asleep. I want the duty. Like, look, if you made those laws, you would say we were doing rape. It's like, well, no, if, if you're that into like not being into it, that is consensual then. Just do that. Like, have it be your thing that I like to be the ice queen and not give a shit about you, right? Like, <laughs> if that's what you're into. But instead, yeah. you're making it like about you're not willing to actually take ownership or agency. She she's claiming that 
it's like being infringed upon her that women are forcing on her that she has to be enthusiastic about her sex life. It's like, are you kidding? If you want to have unenthusiastic sex, that's absolutely fine. That does, okay, why does she fall like, under like, consent. That's, yeah, why is she equating unenthusiastic, disinterested, or sleepy sex as non-consensual sex? You can still yeah. consent to totally. like, it's, it's fucking crazy. <laughs> like, it's weird. Because she doesn't want to admit her. that, well, she doesn't want to take agency. Yeah, exactly. Everything, her, her like, her sexuality is completely passive. Like, apparently like and it is three right we don't we don't know because we're not we're not carceral either we don't know wink wink but i mean i i mean oh yeah we're like horny bastards and she's hornier than we like she's like one of the most like blatant people in the way she writes i mean it's it's, and that's in my opinion good but it's not good because then she always pretends that she's not doing that so it ends up being even more violent right because she like winks at this this normal thing existing which is like female sexuality that could be dark or weird right and then she's yeah. like I didn't do that that doesn't yeah. that's not what I did and that's not a thing I, I if you say that's a thing you're making me a slut because that's yeah. what you're saying that we're all sluts and you're obligating me to be a slut so you're the real assaulter you know and there's this whole move that it's like it's very confusing really it's like wait what like I don't am I going crazy like it seems to <laughs> me like you're making a thousand jokes a minute like yeah <laughs> yeah it makes me feel crazy you know because I'm not Catholic (laughs) yeah yeah I I I find it hard to like I found it hard to get into her mind frame on the confirmative the affirmative consent article because I think both of us like understand Dasha more Dasha's just like it's a more clear negation like Liz's negations have like a couple different moves you know it's like I I avow it then I just I do it a a vowel and then a disavowal and an avowal you know like yeah she also makes the weird argument that these uh affirmative consent laws are going to reduce the total sum of sex like yeah there's just going to be less sex and that's a huge problem but she doesn't really like one of the things, like she, she's responding to a quote. Um, she's responding to a quote where somebody says, so she says, but Marco just artfully dismisses the foundational complaint about affirmative consent standards. If it cuts down on sex, maybe that is a good thing. So like, <laughs> I, like, I don't think anyone has argued that. I think that like, obviously the argument is that, you know, like, if people don't want to have sex, they shouldn't have sex, basically. And that's, but that's cutting right. down on like the total sum of sex. And that is, she thinks, some kind of Puritanism or like, it's so con- right. like, which a again lot of, is like, not true. Yeah. People are not saying she can have less sex, right? Like, yeah, no you can one, have all the sex no you want. But then she no. also, there's another weird thing she says. She says, um, she, I think she says a little, she's like, what about sex with reservations? <laughs> she just has and so much she needs to get in touch with. <laughs> I don't know what that fucking means. Like, again, and again, you can verbally or like physically consent to something and have internal reservations. No one is like telling her that she has to feel morally clear about what she's doing in the bedroom in her own mind, which seems to be like 
something she is concerned about like and again it just of comes course like, it's in her head yeah and it's, <laughs> but it's interesting that the people the people that are in her head are 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 other women right like liberal women and and she and yeah. she also like seeds space to the right right like she talks about matt walsh we were joking before she would you know like likes that beard you know yeah um, and, and and other catholics and evangelicals who who um in a nod i guess to vatican too uh would say that sex with contraception is not real sex right and yeah and so she like makes this thing where she compares feminists and conservative christians because like they're both legislating what's real sex oh yeah she um, says, so <laughs> this is where they because affirmative consent laws are where christians and feminists are finally meeting as though like conservative christians are pro-confirmative assent like affirmative consent laws like that's no it's just such yeah a and she says <laughs> she says it's damnation damnation versus salvation that's her yeah. that it's totally that's, a predict, that's how she re she she yeah. and she condemns on an individual basis but still as we'll see in our next article with porn you know she still is pro-cop like and and i don't think i've ever seen her like think sex work should be legal right i mean but yeah. she's like being oppressed by liberal women uh for for not having the right kind of sex right like we're legislating yeah. her sex life with matt it's like no you you yeah. are legislating your sex life yeah. with matt yeah and then yeah. you don't want to admit that so you are legislating our sex life right yeah. like you're pretending to do an abstract uh totally impartial thing about celibate lesbianism i'm sorry this just sounds like a premise to like some dirty novel i'm sorry yeah. oh was so a celibate lesbian memoir. Okay, sure. <laughs> Sublimating her desires. Oh it's, yeah, beautifully. She wrote beautifully on beautifully, sublimation. Glowingly. That is. Oh my god. <laughs> beautiful, glowing. Honestly, it reminds me of that, like you know, that um Benini statue that's like the nun in ecstasy, but it's right. like coming. Yeah, of course. Like, it's like you're dirty Charlotte were you seeing that in that statue and seeing that in, in, in anything that you could see there you're just a dirty bad girl you're a bad girl <laughs> I, you didn't a year and a half in catholic school was not enough <laughs> no what I can say is okay eroticism can be a decent artistic vehicle to discuss yeah. the themes of sublimation that would be in that would be uh and that would be cool right if you own it and and as leftists and right like we want to say like outside of this like personal scene who she is right like what are the political stakes for us as like leftists and as feminists and and yeah there is a sense of like you know the left like most spaces is pretty patriarchal and dominated by men and and, and the reality is that um yeah, there is erotophobia. There is ways in which our our thriving is 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 legislated as like not um, being a priority. And there's a sense of wanting to reclaim for the left um, these things. And that there is a very purposeful way in which she wants to shut these things down, right? On on behalf of the children, on behalf yeah. of you know, she, she just describes this conversion between uh, the, the feminists and the conservative Christians. She says, this picture of sex would appeal more to the evangelical than to any college Casanova. What if, <laughs> yeah, right, this is, what is Casanova, right? Like, what if bored sex, disinterested sex, or sex with reservations? I don't, 
so weird. And then she gets into Umberto Eco, where she goes into Name of the Rose, and she she says, uh, uh, "Comedy is born from peasant villages." I'm just like, what the fuck is this shit? Uh, uh, and that the scholastics were were too reverent, like that that the feminists are are these uh, scholastic nerds who don't understand Italian peasant villages it's like what the fuck are you talking about are you Sophia Loren are you are you an Italian peasant woman like what the fuck (laughs) yeah I had no idea what that was fucking about like she has some like (laughs) she has some weird like Anna Kay moments in that article where she's all like you know you're Puritans and like you're like this is bourgeois moralism as though that's not like literally her whole thing. Like it's so weird. Yeah. It's like, you don't get to like go claiming peasant village sex. That just sounds weird. And it's also weird. Like I'm going to get into Umberto Eco. This is like the weirdest, most Dallas waspy version of slumming it. I've ever heard of. Are you, are you not the scholastics? I sleep with peasants. (laughs) Stop. Are you kidding me? It was so oh. and out of place, especially considering like the nature of her writing up until that point. Like exactly. Well, and she and she says in this article to end it, she like claims that you know that the the way forward is like uh the Obama. This is 2015, and that the Obama administration had like a anti-rape initiative. It's on us, which was like horizontal instead of vertical. It's like you're not an abolitionist, like horizontal. Organize. How is Obama doing an initiative horizontal? I don't. That's that like I don't. Under, that just seems like a small education campaign for schools, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, which, so, which that's cool. That's cool. I've yeah. been through those. Like, yeah, yeah, it's like it's like so. It's the it's on us campaign. Uh, just like you know, trains kids to recognize dangerous situations, call out predatory or abusive sexual behavior which is all like good but that's not a program to like that's that's not gonna solve anything and she's not claiming that that needs to replace um carceral solutions either she's just arguing that's a good way to I don't know like it's a it's a well she's just she's just saying like it's well her whole argument was that you can't use the law to instill morals where there are none according to right. Augustine or whatever it's always right but like, it's about moral correct because in the end it's about individual moral correction it's not about yeah. creating a system of, of thriving for people at a global scale it is it is about individual correction and individual moral salvation yeah yeah exactly it is a damnation salvation narrative yeah which is why she is, we'll see in her, her next article, we're going to look at, this is more recent from this year, from the Atlantic, her, her new, her new gig at all the prestige, she's going to hit every prestige pop, you know, <laughs> under 35 will hit every prestige publication in the U.S. Um, and, and, you know, she's talking about uh, porn in a way that, you know, she kind of gets into, I don't know, there was some high school class in New York where this woman, like, ethical porn consumption habits to teenagers and then it wasn't existing anymore and it's like cool that's awesome like mm-hmm. I think that's 
relevant. I'm sure there's like very large unethical swaths of uh, parts of the porn world, but there's very much like a, a zero questioning of, of, of the police in, in, in this schema because she is so focused on sort of moral degeneracy and, and the slippage is, is quite quick. The save the children, which we see in Red Scare yeah. too, right? Like this yeah. Epstein, Shrunan world that's like, you know, will sort of see the Gnostic truth behind like what's wrong for all of us in this sphere, right? And I don't yeah, know, that, this like- that, in, that thing recently where Truanon shared that, was it New York Times article about a, tra sure. a transgender kid in America who had, um, you know, being kicked out of home at 13 and had to go live on the streets. And the article refers to like meeting some older trans women who taught, this kid how to use sex work to survive which is like pretty normal stuff really like a lot of kids who like especially queer kids who end up on the streets like have to rely on like older more experienced people to know how to get by and not die or whatever um and it was a story of like survival sex work and Bryce Belden shared it saying you know like this is grooming this is pedophilia grooming like this is just trans women grooming this youth to sell sex and that I call that a pimp and it's like yeah right and I don't know all the details of, I don't know all the details of this case right and like so we want to be like super careful right about like you know who's heard and when right but we want to we don't know all the details but but the fact of the matter is like these well, people are he not deleted the tweet anyway but <laughs> right because these people are not actually interested in in, in providing resources to sex worker organizers right like these are not people who, yeah. who want to respect the work that is being done in these uh circles right they just want to uh, you know they they care what the police have to say and in this article she um for the atlantic she she really gets into the details of porn right you know she's mm -hmm. talking you know this, and, and this is to me like somewhat of a right-wing move which is like this what about with like well what about child porn right like okay you say yeah. you're an abolitionist but what about x and but there's this inquisitorial element right where she's like yeah the cops are getting trained on like trying to make these fine-grained decisions about what age someone is can we tell or not and it's not really questioning yeah she says at all and we don't we don't disagree that there is real harm that happens to people just like and and that there's um work we want to support for those things but the the people we want to support are, are not age expert police yeah like she says um she's talking about children on Pornhub having to sift through the sort of material law enforcement agents carefully train themselves to encounter Whereas I've ever seen anything about like, well, for, like police run child pornography rings in my country anyway. And oh, really? like, you know, like have you ever seen a documentary about like, yeah, there was one in New South Wales, I think, um, that was uncovered. Like they were supposed to be investigating child pornography, but instead were distributing it. Um mm, but it's a classic. And so yeah, yeah. it's but but yeah, they're not, they're not most police that deal with these kinds of things are not carefully trained to deal with this kind of stuff at all and yeah no. <laughs> and they don't and, and there's no sense of caring for victims or that's not no she doesn't really there's no that. 
She doesn't mention that. And if she does, it's just the they're being notified by the police. And when is too much notification? Too much notification because people keep being dirty and downloading because like these structures of of abuse are about individuals with dirty minds, right? Yeah. It's not structural. She just seems like mainly concerned, which is fair enough that her children are going to see one of these things. She doesn't really seem to be concerned that they're ever going to be victims of any sexual assault or anything like no. that because she's going well, she to knows where she correct is. Yeah. Morals, but like well, she's a good girl yeah she comes from a section of society where you know she'll the article I read you know she's like I know from the beginning that I was like on the top of the totem pole as far as how much COVID will affect me I mean she would say she's owning her PMC-ness right but yeah she she has a clear sense of like where she is in terms of her her vulnerability and she would pretend she's doing this for the people right she wants to defend because she's humble um any humility like this that that cares this much about the professionalism of the police is is one that i i doubt and and i think that that it's true that there's there's things you could teach people about um i don't know like feminist or ethical porn or pleasure and like that's a worthwhile thing to be dealing with with kids but i don't think that that's what she's doing at all i mean she's talking about how it's impact like pleasure depends on pain and we have no idea yeah. what to do Sub- sublimating solving suspending and then also in this like kind of cop friendly thing against porn I mean the things she describes is like things that to me are not particularly like and she's equating these things basically to crimes that people are like exposed to porn in a way that's like getting them desensitized right you know people who are like oh like I just I was 18 years old and I thought choking was just normal and there's this like demonizing of, of BDSM right as if there's yeah uh, all these it, she cites all these 18 year olds right like people just on the brink right who've been who've been too soon it's consensual but they've they've been it's really focused on choking actually in particular but yeah. it's is like that, okay well yeah is that one that she a 16 year old boy who has stopped watching porn and she's like even at 16 already knows the world and it's like no shit like yeah 16 year olds are sexual <laughs> like it's of course he already yeah. porn. but it's like yeah she she goes directly from talking about actual awful crimes like you know the yeah stuff of like revenge porn being posted on Pornhub or actual assaults and stuff and then just directly goes into interviewing these teenage girls about you know is strangling consensual strangling normal like I don't know yeah there's like four different quotes from 18 year olds like who were overly desensitized to strangling as vanilla and it's just like this is it's so specific like uh inquisitorial right there's the one about where she she details about how the 16 year old boy has started spacing out how often he watches porn like it's pretty spe- it's pretty- <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's like it's not that find- abnormal yeah it's I don't know and then on one hand she's like you know treating them as like vulnerable cannot understand sex and cannot understand what they're viewing or contextualize it but then also as like um experts on <laughs> Experts yeah well. like, totally pretty, totally like they've already, 
Well, literally, they've already become like demonic, right? I mean, it's yeah. literally the views yeah, of someone. Like who, yeah. <laughs> no, she actually believes in yeah. like a populism that's anti-satanic, right? And like, it's literally like a, a, a satanic panic. And it's like, yeah, and you're totally right that actually it's probably the opposite. Like, no matter how much like you want to say we have like a decadent culture, right? I like, I think kids can think they're like way edgier than they are at 18 but no most people get edgier as they get older like it's, it's a total it's a total like fear that doesn't seem legitimate to me and I think that's fair to like want to protect people from from assault and crime but to, to suggest that like these kids are deep in the depths of of light strangling it's, come on like relax like I I think I think they might go further it's that thing of like affirmative consent laws so like she's she's very concerned about these teenagers like being brainwashed into a world of like dark sex or whatever but then in her yeah. article she's very against affirm- affirmative consent laws for overstepping you know essentially she's like saying it's bedroom policing and like kind of stuff like that but like so but then it does it does she wants to have boring sex she's very concerned about this because like like she says in the affirmative consent law thing you can't legally you can't you can't make people be moral where there are no morals and she basically thinks this generation who watched porn is now doomed Forever, because like, everything forever. depends on original sin everything comes uh, back to morality if everything depends on original sin right like you're just always dealing with the original problem which yeah. is your your inner satan which is exactly why okay. she just assumes the argument in the the lesbian one where she's like there is no other path forward like <laughs> there's so much that's that's assumed um and people will always have these these darknesses and there's there th- this is what makes there be carceral logics too and makes there be these epstein brigades where it's where you don't allow there to be accountability and you don't allow there to be a process there's only yeah. ever cycles of shame right that accountability yeah. is not possible and so you just have this cycling of of, of who's stained and and nobody can say anything because everybody's compromised right and nothing yeah. can ever be resolved it can just be sublimated solved or suspended because we're all yeah. sinners and so none of us can actually live in process with each other. That's actually impossible. We just have to sort of lie there without uh, pleasure. You yeah. Know? And that's where the Which police we... come in. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this Max may kill us, but we, we were going to end on, on this New Republic article because we kind of started on like where... Liz, she does do these sort of exclusionary call outs, sort of these sex shame things, right? And, and you know, with Sophie Lewis or, or Kink at Pride. And, and then she does write these very uh, sort of vanilla articles, but, you know, where she makes insinuations. She, she, she's reviewing Fifty Shades of Grey and she's basically like, well, um, they don't use BDSM sufficiently as a literary device to to explain how abuse is baked into capitalism. And she claims that she's not anti-BDSM, right? That, that that's not the problem, that uh, the problem is abusive versions being co-opted. But, but every time she goes back to it, it like uh, deep down, she does seem to be implying that, that um, 
consensual power dynamics are inherently capitalist there's a very like inherent but i mean how yeah, would you she, describe it charlotte she equates like bdsm to real world power basically like so she thinks like an accurate use of bdsm as a literary device to talk about the power relations under capitalism would be like a subversion of that somehow but so basically like yeah she says that bdsm when it is like used correctly is about like critiquing power relations in capitalism. But then in 50 Shades of Grey <laughs> uses that exact same logic you could say. She says it's pro-capitalist, yeah. right? But it's doing the exact same thing. He's the, he's the powerful one and he's also like in terms of money. And then he's also the one sexually dominating her. That is Liz's BDSM logic if you know what I mean. Well, it's very like one, well, it's very one, well, she's equating. Yeah, I mean, and she's claiming she's not doing this. She's claiming that the movie's doing this, right? That, yeah. that like the movie's equating him with capitalism and therefore that's unfair to true BDSM practitioners. But then she immediately will like shift back and be like, oh, like there's a long history and art of, of BDSM being used to, you know, in, in Sada, or I don't know how to pronounce that right, but to like, like at injustice and authority in the church and the law and you know in the 1974 film the T Italian you must know about this Charlotte uh, the, <laughs> the night the, the night which yeah, she but really she likes which is yeah because they basically say <laughs> she says it, it questions complicity right like that you can if you can find eroticism in abuse still alluring is, is power itself not alluring right like it's like there is at the end of the day a sense in which like consensual power is impossible and adjacent usually to capitalism to nazism right and then she says no 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 that's just like reading abusive logics in but it's like in my read i mean these things are throughout her kind of rhetoric of populism and then she pretends it's only ever in other people it's like where where is the cons where's the consent really happening and like I don't how would I, I've lost my train of thought a little bit but um she's it's so confusing she's it's it's a very like confusing roundabout article though it kind of goes in these like kind of loops of equations and mm -hmm. assumptions about power she never ever talks about BDSM as like an actual sex act that people do for pleasure. It's always, it has to be like this abstract artistic vehicle to quote unquote critique capitalism. But yeah, mm -hmm. in, exactly. that reading, in that reading, Fifty Shades of Grey is the same. It's doing the same thing, but it's just pro-capitalism. It's yeah, like, exactly. But it, exactly. The others are just equivocity, right? That they're anti yeah. or they're anti-church or they're anti-mean yeah. authority. Exactly. She doesn't same. actually consider it as a real possible consensual vehicle of pleasure. To her, it's only ever a pro or a con that is mapping on to the, the abusive, greedy dynamics of human society. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Which is why that, and which is which is why this is important, is because politically, I mean, these dynamics are throughout in her, whatever you want to call it, it doesn't matter because it's not about her. It's not about her personal 
sexual whatever right because like we all have all kinds of different interests right that's just like being human and like yeah it's important that whatever these are that that's developed in a humane way if you're on the left but but she does the same thing where she she weaponizes these concepts to name and shame in ways that are not for a left way forward that are about carceral logics that are about creating like the right you know this patriarchal traditional family and just having bad sex because that's you know anybody who doesn't let me have sad sex is is controlling me and my desires you know or whatever but it's like she's she, she pain and pleasure are these huge reference in all of her politics whether directed inwards or out at huh. you know other leftists or whoever but but then she also and she talks about them but she never really thinks through pain and pleasure and like how they work systematically like there's yeah. they're both these huge specters that have to be um as you said uh solved sublimated or suspended and it's yeah of course, what comes out is is violence, right? Obviously, like violence that is not abolitionist, that is not consensual or or socialist, right? Like it's yeah. whatever that is. It's not that, you know. And so there's all this sort of tantalizing. You know, we can play the psychosexual game, right? And she can accuse us of like reading this dirtiness in and being these disgusting, dirty girls. Um, which I think we would embrace. Um, <laughs> um, just a rebellion in Catholic school. Just like, well, just Maybe we should call it the Dirty Girls. Cut, like so many. <laughs> ideas there's there's a lot of possible titles. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Might have to have like two subtitles. Oh yeah, right. And and I think and I think we like we we enjoy that element of play, right? And and we think there's a, a place of reclaiming that's political of, of that type of thing that isn't just always infringing, right? Like she does have this very which does correlate to the political economy vision with Matt, right? And with this patriarchal social like vision of scarcity that's built in that does get brought into sex life and the church and family dynamics, that it's like a very a uh, scarce vision where pain is is dominant, but not a pain that could be any kind of pleasure. Or like, just there's never pleasure. Yeah. Not really. Right. Like, there's right. not. That's not yeah. a real horizon because you will only ever hurt each other. Right. Because you're a sinner. Like our position is like, why can't you just admit that you have like a breeding kink or like you have. <laughs> And no, we're, no, we're not taking it personal. This is and not no this judgment is not and no judgment at all. Like, <laughs> not it's just like the, the point <laughs> is, like, yeah, just do that and no, don't be carceral about it and don't be authoritarian about it and don't like be erasive or exclusive about it. Like, I'm not no kink shaming. Or no, anything, what we're saying it. is like, yeah. if, if Liz wants to be the 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 mother of this episode, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> if Liz wants to be my the virgin. Mom, <laughs> Look, some days, most days, well, which Liz are we talking about? <laughs> 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 um, but it is, it is interesting how she has the, she, she's such a like little Euro brat, the way she's like Casanova and such. <laughs> she loves her ever, little yeah. classic references. Yeah. I know, like Italian comic peasant women. It's like I pictured, I kind of like, because I hadn't read so much, I just imagined like, 
because her, her her whole like um Instagram and Twitter stuff is like I'm apple pie like America like all <laughs> she, of that. she bakes for her children constantly yeah. that's a big like, thing in her Twitter feed but then in 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 her job she's all like European it was I was shocked well yeah she's like she well you know she she's a a baptist pentecostal uh methodist louisiana texas girl who like uh you know converted to catholicism at cambridge with like anglican priests and she's like you know the 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 euro the english students were at 4 a.m partying and i just couldn't be bothered i was like deep in my conversion ceremony at 5 a.m in the just writing this like purple prose cheesy poetry such a cliche it's super cliche it's so it's it's like really really come on like are you gonna chant gk chesterton (laughs) i'm a good girl let's chant orthodoxy you know yeah there's something very campy about it i think you know i enjoy researching her whole of walks i also understand what people i mean i get that you know she has sort of nice social democratic anodyne views and like hides a lot of her stuff but there's like underneath this like very high camp kind of like sacred melodrama that's like the psychosexual text of like yeah. pretty little liars like it's a very you know i'm like such like to me it's just like such a a femme text of like sort of this political register of uh cis women's politics i don't know i think there's a lot there and and i think the way she thinks through pleasure and pain and exclusion and who i mean i think there's real consequences real eugenic consequences for people's lives and um the way we function together and and she claims she's coming from this anti-capitalist viewpoint right she's like you know don't ever suspect there's there's perhaps something about gross economic inequality that's worthy of smashing. Just keep your head down and imagine you can come to some kind of understanding with your betters. It's it's what steel does, after all. I mean, it's yeah. just like any dominance well, is, well, is that, capital. Well, like, graphs to kind of like alleviate certain amounts of certain people's suffering, like God. Yeah, exa- exactly, because there's an original score there's an original balance sheet and we're all kind of in debt eventually we're, we're sinners in the end and like if you won't admit that like there's sinners above and below you right and and yeah and and you're just actually giving in to capitalism you're you're the true right winger by claiming that like any agency or pleasure was you're you're actually legislating against me you're you're dominating me into pleasure right and you're forcing me an x y and z thing right it's like no you can be fucking miserable if you want to be miserable right you're the one stopping me (laughs) that's the point that's why we come on strong yeah exactly we are people we know the threats to us like we know it's very clear to me i've been critiqued for fucking ever it's very clear to me and I'm a little older than her, but not that much older. But like, yeah, there's nothing mysterious about the moves that she makes. Like she can, she can wink and she can nod and like a lot of, you know, straight white boys will miss it. And, you know, she can delete all her tweets and Matt too, right? It's not just her. It's their whole patriarchal thing. Cause don't get it wrong. It's actually patriarchal. And it is femme femme politics. Yeah. Patriarchal femme politics. Exactly. And it is, it is mainly white straight men, cis, yeah, and that tend to 
miss the implicit exclusion in her arguments which yeah. I get is but like you got to try a little bit sure. harder <laughs> and we all have blind spots right like yeah. we're humble but like yeah like come on like it, it's an exhaust I mean it, it is frustrating at some point when you feel like you're explaining something that's very viscerally a threat to you and they're like I don't know I'm not sure I see it are you just like are you just are you just jealous or are you just somebody who like uh yeah or like uh, nice comes for women out. like fuck that like I don't <laughs> yeah, or, or it's just like a side thing it's like a side oh it's just like Liz's religious shit like she's oh not- what did somebody yeah. say to me one time um you know I she has decent politics and seems like a nice person I don't care about her personal abortion views and like someone was like personal abortion views. personal views we all do sure like know a lot about them like not, you know I, w- I would like to tell I would like to tell them about uh getting pregnant in Chile and and how how much my personal abortion views were relevant <laughs> <laughs> Fucking insane. Oh, yeah um, uh, personal views in terms of who you know with the black market contact or not is that is that what we mean by personal <laughs> yes yeah. yeah I think Abortion should be a personal matter in exactly that sense. <laughs> yeah, like if you, like if you know it, it's not a big deal if it's illegal, except in in and when I in that time in my life uh, in Chile, it was uh there weren't even the tres casales. It was not even legal in the case of abortion, risk, uh, and, sorry, of assault, uh, life of the mother or life of the fetus. It was illegal in all instances, like the Pinochet right. era law. And of course, the reality is that like plenty of people have abortions, right? Like, and yeah. it's a better situation than somewhere I don't know, like El Salvador or somewhere there's more yeah. a higher degree of poverty, right? And people do have black market connections, but it's like that's a very violent yeah, scenario to imagine. These are personal opinions. Yeah, like real women <laughs> put out their abortions amongst one another in like backyard abortions. Yeah, like, yeah, I don't know. That is very Liz. No, totally. That is very Liz. I'm sure yeah. like, I just don't want the law to start changing our attitudes towards, I don't care if women, you know, coat hanger it or whatever. Like it's. Yeah. Um, I, I wouldn't judge them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's very, it's very violent. We, and we didn't even Absolutely. talk about the abortion shit in this episode. Like this is the digression. No, that's like a whole, we can have a whole series. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, already blo- we're already blocked by, by Elizabeth. Yeah. We're finally free from. Yeah. But I got to say well, like. I on think the- she's an interesting figure. I yeah. mean, I mean, and it is not again, personal. I mean, I think, I think I do on some level there's things I get, you know, like I, I have family from that world in Dallas and I, there's things about her and that milieu that, that I absolutely understand, um, in, in, in a way, but in a way that I don't take it personal is in that's, it's not personal that I go to me. I see the larger picture, which is like, i also want to help. Like, I don't, I don't want this to be what our discourse is about. Like it is a symbol. Right. And, and to be fair to her, I'm sure, I mean, it's not, about her although she does she does you know have a lot of space she takes up I mean she writes a lot I mean there's not that many people in that she throws herself around you know like she (laughs) right yeah Yeah, no we're we're reverse slut shaming her that's what this episode's about but no I mean (laughs) no I mean I think we want to uh, and all the positive things about Liz like I this 
because like last episode I did with you that was like about an, a pundit was about the Red Scare um, women. Right. And this was way more pleasant to re- research, like to read, like reading her, like <laughs> that other, that, the research process of the other episode was actually upsetting. And this was interesting. <laughs> it's different. Well, because I think the Red Scare, the Red Scare is more openly masochistic. Yeah. Um, Liz kind of like plays violent like it's yeah yeah. Liz like plays it like a joke sadism which is also a joke masochism but then she pretends like neither of them happened but there there is a campiness to like the chastity she puts into it right this like catholic good girl thing that is like so silly it's like so over the top (laughs) no I know washed and waiting also citing in another queer celibate text washed How is that a real title? How is that a title about that topic? I can't believe that. (laughs) And we're the dirty ones. Like, oh, we're the ones, we're the ones writing porn into everything. We're just just reading into the octopus. Like like sluts, you know, the tentacles everywhere. (laughs) Just reading into things. Like these disgusting uh pimps or something i mean it's it's very sex worker phobic as well i mean there's no again i've i've been down that road but i mean it it just defends it's it's very reactionarily defensive of what is an economic formation right like the nuclear family and that that is the tie-in that that the social democracy and the the abortion stuff and the, the the centrism like it does all play into this and there's a lot to shore up at the edges right there's a lot that you have to disavow and you have to like reverse avow avow uh, uh, your sublimated friendship ceremony. Charlotte, do, do you ever want to have a friendship ceremony? <laughs> <laughs> oh my God. We, we, have, we have to like actually get baptized first though. I think I was you, baptized, but you, not in the Catholic not church. In the Catholic. <laughs> no. Uh, uh, <laughs> In the there's probably church. rules around this like, <laughs> not, not anyone can have a friendship ceremony an about friendship ceremony i think just like tweeting at each other on the timeline is our, <laughs> our 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 ceremony in which we're we're washed and waiting <laughs> <laughs> so it's sublimated solved and suspended <laughs> Com- comforted and, and chastened, <laughs> chastened. <laughs> Make sure you are comforted and then chase yeah. every You know, you, it may not be the right order, but sometimes you have to mix up the order just to keep people yeah. on their toes. Sometimes you got to be chased first to feel comfort, you know? Yeah, and vice versa. Yeah. Sometimes, <laughs> you know, you can't, you can't ever let them know which order it's coming, um, which is how we like to approach superstructure in our, our relationship with our listeners. So... Uh, <laughs> And and guests, so can't catch all your twisted words for their walking. At least that's what I heard. Trying to pick them as you're talking, causing both minds to blur. Taking shape, they fail you, each one missing its mark. I'm Shallow words are the words we use and shallow.
other anticipation is this chaotic wonder. So you hold your tongue with more 